Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with the CEO of Hemlane and good friend of the channel, Dana. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me again. One of the things I love to do with my experts, which you are one of them, is play this game I call over under. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. So we are going to talk about 2022. We're going to talk about four metrics that are right in kind of the domain of Dana and Mai's purview. And we're going to see how we do. So uh, the first one, Dana, is going to be home values. We're going to talk about national numbers, right? It's published by the National Association of Realtors. So again, this is not your state, not your city. This is a countrywide, um, nationwide. And I'm going to say home appreciation come December 31st of 2022 is 12%. Dana, do you want the over or the under and why? Um, I'm going to do slightly under, okay. slightly under, All right. not, not too much under. Um, and, and here's why I think, um, you know, this past year was a fantastic year for, um, home appreciation. And I, I wonder how much more it, yeah. um, it can go up, especially with new builds, um, yep. coming up. Um, and so from like a total perspective of looking year over year, um, I'm not sure, of course, that would also have to do with inflation, which we spoke about, um, which with inflation, maybe I should, I should, should take that over. Um, but I would say maybe slightly under like 12% is, is what I'm predicting. Yeah. 12% is a good number. Yeah. I think that's wise. I mean, you've heard me talk about it. I think we have a housing slowdown coming. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of people now modeling kind of year over year, kind of like sameness. And I've been in this environment before. It, it just fundamentally can't people, people's dollars will be stretched and they'll make painful choices. So I think taking the under is a wise guess, not much, and it's still a high number. If oh yeah, you think about it. It's still a high number compared to like five yeah. percent. Um, so from that perspective, yeah, I would say around twelve. Um, I do think inflation plays quite a quite a role with that. Oh, I totally agree. All right, so number two, since we are talking about inflation, the greatest, I think, the greatest contributor to inflation in twenty twenty two will be rent. I think the greatest underreporting of twenty twenty one in uh, inflation is rent. So I think there's going to be a catch up. So we're going to talk about rental growth again, December of 2022. Let's put the over under at 7%. Okay. I, I'm, I'm still doing the slightly under. Oh, really? Okay. All right. And, and here's why. Um, well, a lot of it has to do with, because you always have to think about um, the supply and demand for yes. rental properties. And that that goes right into the, those home prices of whether or not someone chooses to purchase mm -hmm. and then goes off the market for a rental or whether they decide to stay a renter. Mm -hmm. And with that, with home builds that um, we were talking about with um, home values, um, the question is, hey, is there that affordability? Can someone go out and, and purchase a property or will they stay as a renter? Um, and so from that perspective, I, I think it will go up slightly. However, mm -hmm. I think tenants have more power now than they ever have because companies came back and said, hey, you can all work from home. And then sudden, or sorry, they came back and said, hey, you all have to go back into the office. And then these companies were had their managers go to the executive saying, hey, I'm going to lose 30% of my top performers if you require them to go back. And so with rent, you can only increase it so much mm -hmm. without a tenant saying, hey, the grass might be greener yeah. in another area. And it might not be a different state. Like it's hard to get people to move away from family and friends, but they might say, I might go to the other side of town. We've and seen that a ton in San Francisco, right? They're like, 
we're, we're out of here. It's too messy. It's too whatever. And they go to Napa or, or Emeryville. Yeah. Or whatever. And so I think tenants have more power. And right now we're seeing um, also tenants move jobs more yes. than we've ever seen. Oh, and yeah. So with that, they're actually having this power. Like they have power even over um, their employers now saying, hey, I've got five other job offers here. And um, so from a rent perspective, it's the same thing where um, they they have the power to leave if those rents are raised too much. I think during COVID, people were a little bit more concerned mm-hmm. about job yeah. stability. Yeah. And now we've come to a world that people have just accepted how things are yeah. and ex- and they know in the future, I mean, new strains, but people still feel much more comfortable and they yeah. have that power. So I think if you raise it more than 7%, I honestly think tenants are going to say, Peace, landlord. See you later, and and yeah. go book another place. Yeah, let me just say, I want you to be right. I really do, because I think I again, I grew up in an environment where we were making choices of what bills to pay, and I still remember those horrific feelings, and also not really understanding how close to the edge we were. Um, but my my experience in this market is rents fall you values, and we've seen values race ahead. Yeah. I think unfortunately we have one more year of unseasonally high rent growth. And then we flatten out. I think we've sucked forward a decade of rent growth into two years. It has to stop. I'm just afraid next year is going to be over seven. But again, fingers crossed. I hope you're right for all of the tenants out there. Yeah. Number three, inventory. The greatest bugaboo of the single family home market. Let's say we have 1.3 million units as we end 2021. I don't know. Let's pick a number. Let's say 1.8 million units. So an extra half a million units become available next year. Do you think we have more or less available uh, than 1.8 million units? Again, this is available for sale on the MLS. Yeah. Um, I think, and this is inventory, um, this is total inventory, um, right? Not new inventory. Correct. So total. It, correct. Right. Um, yeah. So from a total perspective, I would say um, I would go slightly above and okay. here's why. Um, I think that a lot of inventory, I'm because I'm thinking of the new inventory, how sure. that would affect inventory on market. And um, we are seeing with obviously lumber, um, lumber prices, all that a lot of construction was delayed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. A lot of construction was delayed. And um, also, um, it's now with things opening up more um, ability to get permits, all these things are, are much faster. So okay. I think there's going to be a lot more development. Okay. We're already seeing it. Like I'm seeing it in a lot of markets with this build to rent with institutional investors going sure. in um, build to rent. I think that's going to be a huge, huge um, uptick in the inventory for rental properties. Okay. So I'm slightly above it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, this is, I mean, this is the thing, right? I'm calling a housing slowdown. So I'm going to agree. I think, I think, I think we go above 1.8. I don't think we hit 2 million, but I think we go up. I think, yeah, I think the over is a good guess. Okay. Number four and final one we will talk about. I talked about it in my book, one rental at a time, the affordability index. I think too many people talk about price. Too many people talk about interest rate. Nobody talks about affordability, which is a combination of price, interest rate, and wages. People don't realize that in 1970s, housing's doubled. Rates went up because wages went up. I think we're in a huge wage cycle. So the question is, will housing be more or less affordable at the end of next year? What do you think? 
You know, this goes back to everything else of the supply and demand um, and tenants having more um, power. I think from that perspective, um, and I'm going to give a couple things and then sure. land on my final answer. But I, I, I think from that perspective, tenants have a bit more power of where they live. So things become more affordable because they can move to the outskirts. Yeah like that. And then people and landlords have to be more competitive with their pricing um, for cities and things like that. However, however, I'm going to retract that statement and go into my next point on affordability that you're just talking about um, wage um, growth and increase. And you're seeing a huge gap there Mm -hmm. between those who are making minimum wage versus those who, you know, are on their salaries and their track and mm-hmm. um, white collar jobs. And it's usually those blue collar jobs that are fronters as well, um, right? Or most of them are. And so from that perspective, I think policy, it depends on policy yeah. because it depends on what is that minimum wage? What, um, how, how does that correlate to the, the salaries that a CEO makes or anyone else? And understanding whether they can afford it from that perspective. Like if we're seeing inflation at 10% and then we're seeing the minimum wage increase by, you know, 3%, that's going to affect affordability. And I actually think that's going to affect it more than tenants having that power to move. Yeah. So I actually think affordability is going to, I, I don't see it getting any better. Mm-hmm. Um, unless with this inventory, we can get up to, you know, over 1.8, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think affordability is a problem and it's been a problem for many years. Mm-hmm. And I think inflation is going to hurt it even more because of that very reason that minimum wages do not raise, uh, do not rise as fast as the inflation rate um, and has. Yeah. I, uh, so I agree. I I think, I think housing, the affordability of housing is worse next year than today. I think that's, that's a safe guess, but I would also argue that it's not going to be nearly as bad as many people think, right? Many people are preaching that affordability. How can housing be affordable when prices are higher than 06? Interest rates are lower. Interest rates are going up. Pricing has to come down. No, that's not true. Uh, and, and I do think wages will go up because again, uh, I have more. I have Matt, the mortgage guy, who's my Wednesday expert. And again, if 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 wages go up five percent, you can afford like an extra hundred and fifty dollars a month in your mortgage payment. It's even to you. Yes, prices are up. Yes, rates are up. But all of that. So I think I think the wage cycle is just starting. I do think it hits uh, the minimum wage or the lower end of the scale first. I think it will ripple through the entire stack over the next year. Uh, so I think affordability will be slightly worse next year, but not nearly as bad uh, as a lot of people think. So always fun to talk about 2022. Uh, any closing thoughts on 2022? Um, I, I think just in, I, I'm excited. Those who are in um, real estate right now, I think um, it's going to be another strong year for you. Mm-hmm. Um, those with rental properties, and if you don't have them, make that the goal for the next yeah. month, right before 2022. Yeah, I totally agree with you, folks. If you ever wanted to get in the game, you know, 2021 was a hell of a year, even though there were a lot of channels talking about crash, they were wrong. I told you where they were wrong. They were really, really wrong. Uh, But do the work, right? Learn your market, find a good or great deal. It's always a great day to do a great deal. Uh, If you're a lot of you are going to be self managers, you need to go to himlane.com, take the 30 day trial, use use the uh, materials, the PDF in my free course or watch the videos in the paid course. Uh, It's all there. All you got to do is do the work. Thanks, Dana. Awesome. Thanks so much.